0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. He asked if I was in therapy and he told me that I should like go to more therapy. And then- This is the first date? This is the first date. And then he literally says, are you gonna talk about me on the podcast? And I said, yeah, I'm gonna talk about a guy I went on a date with who told me I needed to be in therapy.
1: Welcome to The Real Reel, where we go behind the highlight reel and go into the unfiltered. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, Alana. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
1: Me too. Okay, so I had you on my podcast forever ago.
0: Forever, like 2021, I was in my parents' old house, which they sold. Okay,
1: yes. You were, I think, recently let go of Hinge, or it was like... Oh my God. Wasn't it? Or when were you... Yeah,
0: no, we probably recorded like November, December Mm -hmm. of 2020, 2020.
1: No, I think it was 2020, yeah. Yeah, wait. Oh my God. Yeah, it was wow, the fact that that's like four years ago. (laughs) Well, I guess three years and a few months, but that's crazy. No, it had to be 2021. I don't think so because I was in my parents' house and I moved to Miami in 2021 in April.
0: Oh my God. So
1: it was either very beginning of 2021 or end of 2020. Wow. Yeah. So long time ago, I remember hearing your like origin story, like the hinge origin Mm. story of it you being let go and like starting your podcast after that but I want to give like a little refresher because I know that's like a huge part of what you do today so you have two podcasts right now you're a podcaster I would consider you like that's your your title but before you were working at hinge what were you doing at hinge and like how did that lead to starting your first podcast?
0: Yeah. So I was Hinge's lead content creator, which meant a lot of things. But the main thing was I was really running their social media and creating video content to help people with their dating lives and to help people find success on the app. And while I was there, I started a podcast for them called Dating Sucks, which was really like a light bulb moment of like, oh my God, this is what I love to do. This is how I can connect with people and really make an impact. But when i first started at hinge i was very much like my personal life is off the table i'm not talking about that in content i'm not talking about my dating life like that's for me part of it was i never wanted someone to not want to date me because of mm-hmm. what i did yeah but i also just i didn't know how to like be vulnerable in that way like very few people were doing it and fast forward about a year into the job i was going through a breakup and i had this moment where like I was literally sitting in this hotel room in Los Angeles where my ex had just dumped me and I had just finished crying and I'm like I have to get back to work and I couldn't just like go on the hinge Instagram story and like encourage people it was like I was like oh my god like what just happened I'm heartbroken right now like I'm never gonna be okay I hate everything I hate dating yeah and I ended up recording a video of myself like still like puffy teary-eyed sharing like, Hey, I know you guys usually ask me for advice. I'm kind of turning the tables. Like you probably didn't know, but I was in a relationship. Now I'm not. And I feel like really scared and alone and hopeless. Like what advice can you guys give me? And it was a huge turning point for me where the floodgates opened of people DMing, emailing, reaching out, not giving me advice, but thanking me.
1: Wow. And this was on Hinge's account or your personal? On Hinge's account. Wow. So you were sending it to like Was it like millions at the time or was it like a few hundred thousand? But it was just showing the side of dating
0: that was so real and relatable that everyone was going through. But everyone goes on social media and just sees like happy couples or people just having the best time with life. And everyone feels so alone in their struggles. And so me going out there and showing, like, hey, it's really hard and I feel really alone and scared and hopeless in my dating life right now it made the biggest difference and from there I kind of just hit the ground running with being vulnerable about my dating life and how it was impacting me
1: yeah because I feel like a lot of people will either talk about like oh I went through a breakup a few years ago it sucked it was awful but no one really like films in the moment Mm -hmm. like people aren't setting up the camera because it's awkward to like set up you're crying and you're like wait let me just set up the camera real quick like but I so I went through a breakup a year and a half ago and I filmed it wasn't the exact week we broke up but it was like two weeks later when I was still like really emotional and upset about it and so our video I think I was I was in a, it was a vlog so yeah. it was like you were in the, co- the car for part of it yes I yes. was I was like grocery shopping and I was like crying at the grocery store and I was vlogging in the car in the parking lot being like well that's the first crying at the grocery store yep because I was like me and him always used to go grocery yeah. shopping together <laughs> and so I filmed that and it was it was awkward setting up the camera but like every time I cried I would like take my camera out or I would like take my phone out and like take a picture or something and mm-hmm. even though it feels really awkward because you're like why? are you doing that? I just knew that not only would it help other people, like not feel less alone, but it helped me because I looked back at that video recently and I was like, I'm just going to rewatch this video. I hadn't rewatched it since I uploaded it, but it was a a few weeks ago and I was like, let me rewatch it. And the growth I've seen from me then to now, like, I wish I could tell that girl that was crying a year and a half ago and be like, your life is going to be fine. Like you're actually going to have a really great year. You're going to be really happy. You're going to, you know, like it really does get better. But seeing that was like so reassuring to me because we're seeing old pictures of me crying because I'm like, wow, like I haven't cried about this breakup in months. Like it's been forever, you know? No, it's
0: really amazing what can happen when you see yourself go through all these different stages. Like I can't believe like it's so special to me that my podcast like chronicles me from like being single to now like almost being married it's so crazy to like look back at single alana who is struggling so much and like i just wish like you said like i wish i could go back and tell yeah. myself at so many different phases through my 20s like it's all going to work out like mm-hmm. it really is and y- all of your fears like you're you're working towards exactly where you need to be And as much as, like, I wish I could go and tell myself that, I just am, like, so proud of all of the shit I went through and how I came out stronger every time. And it's just so cool that we have all of that, like, documented.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I'm, like, so... Glad that I documented that process I'm so glad that I like wrote down I, I journaled a ton like just that was where I got like really open and honest mm-hmm. you know but like I don't know it's just a I, I can't wait to also like pass that on to like my kids and because like for me obviously like I talked to my mom and like my family when I was going through that but it's hard to picture your parents like getting it you know because it's like you're older now, you've been married for so long that you probably have never, like you just don't think of them as like in their 20s or like mm. young. And so I really want to have like these video diaries or like the journals that I'm writing and like give them to my kids and hopefully I have a daughter and I can be like, your mom went through what you're going through, you know, and like, she can like read that and hopefully feel better. I love
0: that so much. And that's so true. I think about that often where now like, I'm almost 30. Yeah. And like, I just told you, like my best friend just had a baby. And it's so crazy to think about like, when we're kids, I remember thinking like, well, there's no world in which my parents would have any idea Mm -hmm. what high school is like, because they're ancient. Like, But I don't feel like an adult and i'm about to get married and then like have kids and live that life and it's so funny that like in 10 15 years my kids could be thinking that about me
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like I
0: did live all of these experiences.
1: Like I actually do get it. I know. It's like the like when you think about your teachers growing up mm-hmm. where you're like, there's no way that their their life was just school. Like they didn't yeah. do anything. And like one of my best friends is a kindergarten teacher. And like if she goes out with us or she's like hungover or yep. something, I'm like, <laughs> whoa, like our teachers would go and have fun and, like, probably be hungover teaching us sometimes. They literally (laughs) had a full life outside of
0: our classroom. Yes.
1: I'm like, how? Like, when we were young, we were like, they're, like, so old and wise and Mm -hmm. (laughs) mature. And now I'm like, oh, like, we're, my friends are teachers and... I see what they do on the weekends. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's so funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you had your Hinge podcast and then you were let go because they scrapped like the content yeah. strategy, right? Like they just yeah, like did social didn't... media, all that. Yeah. So was that moment like that exact moment is when you were like, I'm going to start a podcast?
0: Literally in the Zoom chat with my CMO and the head of HR as I'm getting let go, texting my friends saying, I just got fired. I'm starting a podcast.
1: Wow. So it's like instantaneous. I knew exactly
0: what I wanted to do. And I also knew my last six months at Hinge, I felt very like creatively stunted and held back. And when I started there, it was fully a startup and I was the 34th employee. And by the time I left or was kicked out the door, there were like over 100 people. It had been acquired by Match Group, which is like a major corporation. And every idea I had at first, it was like, If you have an idea, like go see it through and and see what happens, or throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And it was like, okay, you have an idea. Okay, next quarter you can make a 40 slide deck and we can like maybe consider it. And maybe a quarter after that, we'll see if it's possible. And then like maybe next year. And that's just how behind it is. Yeah. And so I felt so like I just was just being told no at every corner. And I had this gut feeling that if I went to another job. First of all, I didn't know how I'd find another company to hire me to do what I was doing there that I found that I loved. I was like, okay, I could maybe like pitch myself to Barcel or Betches. But at this point, I had no confidence because of mm-hmm. how many times I was being told no. So I couldn't even fathom doing that. And I just knew if I went to another company as like a social media manager or creator of some sort, I'd end up feeling the same way that I mm-hmm. felt there. And I was like, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna do this. I'll freelance. I have enough skills, I can do social media, podcast production, all these things for other people to pay the bills. And I know what I want to do, I'm gonna make it happen.
1: And I said I'd give myself six months. And I
0: never looked back at a six month mark.
1: That's incredible. That's when you know that like, you're doing what you're meant to do when you have a benchmark, and then you don't even like, mm-hmm. go to check if that's, you know, like if you completed it, because you love what you're doing so much. Yeah, or you just know it's like, it's, it's working. doing well. Yeah. yeah, or it's working. You know what the best feeling is when you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing you know those days when your hair shines with confidence well i have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality which is way's new hair gloss i personally have been loving taking care of my hair i just got a new haircut and at first i was iffy on it but then the more i've looked at it and the more i've styled it I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair it's all about how you style it so I have been meticulous about my hair routine I've been incorporating ways hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look it's so easy just five minutes in the shower and bam instant shine and let me tell you preventing heat damage is a top priority for me and with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees I can style worry-free and the best part my hair hair feels shinier healthier and more vibrant than before if you guys have seen my blowouts on my instagram or my tiktok you know that i have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny getting your shine on in the shower with ways hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water and so it so it not only gives you immediate shine but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy and here's the best part in a consumer perception study over 85 percent of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier healthier and smoother with ways hair Gloss. Give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T H E O U A I and use promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I.com, promo code RealReal. And so when you started, it was originally called Seeing Other People, right? It was always Seeing Other People? Dating Sucks was with Hinge. Yes. And then, and then Seeing
0: Other People was January 2021, brand new. Baby born.
1: Okay, so yeah, we must have going back. We must have recorded in twenty twenty one because I think you had seeing other people. It was probably then. Like right when it started. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you first had it, what was that like? Going, or did you have like zero listeners at first, or did you bring a lot of people from Hinge? Like, how was that transition? Because I think that's the hardest part, where so many people want to start something, mm-hmm. but they don't want to start at zero. Which, yeah. sorry, you have to. But how was that for you? And like, how did you get over that? I was really
0: fortunate that I was in this position where. Dating sucks was pretty successful. And there were a lot of people for months asking me, like, when's it coming back? When's it coming back? Where is the podcast? Like, we miss it. We want to hear from you. And so they were really excited when I announced seeing other people where it wasn't starting from zero. And I was really lucky that so many of those people stuck around, but it wasn't just luck. It was because they were yeah. the audience that I built and cultivated and they came back for me. Mm-hmm. And so I felt really lucky to have this built in listener-based, like, family almost that was, like, ready to welcome me back with open arms. It's not to say it was an overnight success. I mean, I've been doing it for three years, and I still, there's, like, miles and miles more I want to go with it. But it was great to come back and see that there were people who were excited
1: about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you first started seeing other people, you were recently single, right? So... How was your like podcast all about being single and dating and having other people on dating? Like, what was the format of it? Yeah, I wouldn't say I was
0: actually recently single when I started seeing other people. I'd probably been single for like a year and a half, a year at that point. Oh, okay, maybe a year and a half. But yeah, in the beginning, so I had a co-host at the t- in the beginning of seeing other people. Really? Wait, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I thought it was just you for no. We had I had a co-host for like the first five months. And he was my co-host for Dating Sucks also.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: shout out Jonah Gold, incredibly successful director and, and screenwriter now. Did you see Xmas on Amazon Prime? Um, I've
1: seen like the previews of it, but yeah, I haven't seen Lane it. Yeah, with Leiden Meester
0: and Robbie Amell. Uh, he directed it. Wow, that's Yeah, so incredible. he's like, he's crushing it. He left to like really go pursue that. But yeah, so I had, he was my co-host and it's so funny. Like the beginning of seeing other people is literally me being miserably single okay. in my dating life. Like hopeless making mistakes left and right. And that's what Dating Sucks was too. And it's funny, seeing other people came out on, I think, January 2nd or 3rd of 2021. I matched with Jake on January 8th.
1: Of 2021? 2021. Wow. And we had our
0: first date on February 8th.
1: So you really see the progression of your relationship on that podcast? So much. And
0: it was interesting dating Jake at that time because... I was talking about like going on dates with other people on the podcast and he was listening to that. And (laughs) I remember this one point where we had a, like a breakup coach come on and Jonah literally said on the podcast, if anyone listening is trying to date Alana right now, don't even bother because she's not over her ex.
1: (gasps) Oh my God, wait. Okay, I need to talk about like, how did you get over the fear of people of like sharing that while you're dating people that are watching or listening to the podcast? Because that is what I would like, if I ever talk about a dating experience, I always try to do it like way after it's happened because I don't want that person to like think, like stalk me that week and be Mm -hmm. like, oh.
0: (laughs) No, me too. And I, I think I've done a very good job at that. And I'm always thoughtful of like, I would never make it obvious who the person was yeah. or like spill someone's dirty laundry. But I think this was just overall, more so like overall feelings or like struggles as opposed to like this guy said this thing on this date that I went on on right. Tuesday. Right. But when Jonah said that, I was like, yikes. And, and I you kept it in. in. I, yeah, I was going to say, did you cut it? I kept it in. But it was like, I think that's one thing about my relationship that's so special is like we really were like communicative. and just trusting uh, in each other. And like Jake, listened to that. Like he did hear that. And he chose to, you know, give me the benefit of the doubt and continue on based on like my words and my actions with him versus like what he heard on this podcast. And I really, really appreciated that. Did
1: he bring it up? Was he like, hey, I heard that you're not over your ex on your podcast. We
0: talked about it at one point, I think it was like a long time after and he had said like, yeah, he heard that. But like, that's not what he was seeing from me.
1: Okay. Wow. I love that. That yeah. he was like so confident. That's such a good sign and like yeah. such a good sign of a healthy relationship that mm-hmm. he's not like being passive aggressive or like holding it against you because it's also your job like yeah. to talk about dating. So if someone is going to date you, they have to be supportive of you talking about that. Yeah. Where a lot of guys that you went on dates with kind of like did they make comments that were like, Oh, are you gonna talk about me on your podcast? Oh my god, all the time. I would like mess with
0: them. I'd be like, Oh, I'm like live tweeting our date right now. And they were like, Wait, really? And they were excited <laughs> about it for the most part. But um, no, this one guy, he was the biggest asshole to me. And he literally said, Are you gonna talk about me on the podcast? And this was after like a two-hour long date where I felt like I was being psychoanalyzed and judged the entire time.
1: And why I'm, was he like, what was he saying? He was like digging into
0: every little thing. And like we talked about dating and I I'm a huge fan of talking about dating on dates, but he was like being very judgmental of everything that I was saying and like questioning or making me second guess myself. And he asked if I was in therapy and he told me that I should like go to more therapy. And then this is the first date. This is the first date. And then he literally says, are you going to talk about me on the podcast? And I said, yeah, I'm going to talk about a guy I went on a date with who told me I needed to be in therapy.
1: That is ridiculous. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, where does he think that he has the right to tell you that when he doesn't know you at all?
0: No. And then, first of all, he's not a therapist either. Yeah. <laughs> but then I don't text him. A week later, he texts me saying, I'm surprised you didn't text me asking for a second date.
1: <gasps> like, what? You're surprised? Really? No. Why? Why are you surprised? (laughs) Not even that, but the cockiness. Did you respond? No. Good. Because either I would want to have, like, respond something, like, really mean. Be like, why would I want to go on a date that and just be like, insert mean quote there. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, you know what? Don't stoop down to that level. But... Yeah, no response is good because, you know, his ego was probably like, wonder what she's going to say to this. Like, yeah, right. You know, like, and if you were angry in the text back, he would have been like, oh, she like it was, I got her so upset. Like, it would be like an ego thing still. So just you straight up ignoring him, I think probably hurt him a little more. I think I used to be very reactive and
0: I've gotten a lot better at like not responding when I feel really deeply about something or like when I'm angry or upset. And I think that for me, it's a really good thing that I've been able to do that. But then the thing is like, I won't respond to something and I'll spend two months thinking of all the things I could have said yeah like i still can say them but i'm still not going to yeah but it'll like ruminate for so long yeah
1: you know he's probably listened to multiple of your episodes being like when is she going to talk about me and like what's she going to say he signed up
0: for mine and carly's matchmaking
1: no (laughs) carly was like oh like should we work with this guy and i was like no we should not he signed up for your matchmaking yeah that is what did he do for work I don't remember. You know, okay, something I'm like, like businessy. Okay. I'm just wondering, but like that <laughs> is so insane. You know he's your biggest fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, insert yeah, in here.
1: <laughs> that's crazy. So, okay, besides like let's say that example, was it pretty easy to date or did you start dating your now fiance and like that was the only guy you dated? Did you have like a roster? Did you go and date some multiple people? Like what was it like in the beginning?
0: In the beginning. So like, let's go back to like 2020 dating, going to the pandemic. I had met this guy, we went on eight dates, and then COVID broke out. Mm. And I was like, this is going somewhere like this is going to be serious. And we ended up like being in this like long distance virtual relationship for like five months. Wow. Like talked every single day had virtual date nights, met each other's friends and family on like zoom group chats. And he ended up coming to see me and like meet my parents. Wow. And it was our first time seeing each other in like five months. And it felt a little off. Like this whole thing was like built up over so long. And then we had nothing to talk about when we were finally in person because we had been talking every second of every day. Yes. And I was supposed to go spend a week with him like two weeks later with him and his family. And he ended up calling it off in between and just being like, I need to like focus on myself. Like it's really not you. It's me. And This was the first time where I was like, it actually wasn't me. Like, I did nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. But I tried so hard to, like, figure out what I did wrong. But I was like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Fast forward that situation. I was the last girl he dated. Mm -hmm. He came out two years later.
1: Oh. And
0: he actually, like, told me that dating me helped him, like, realize that he was actually gay.
1: Really? Like, because did he, like, explain? Yeah, I actually had him on the
0: podcast. Oh, my my God. I
1: need to listen to that episode. Yeah. But he was like
0: you were everything I would have wanted in a girl and like something was missing and it was nothing that like you could give me. Yeah. And I just realized like if this girl's here and like is literally everything I would possibly want for myself and I I can't get there, then it must not be it. Mm -hmm. And he met someone shortly after. He's in an amazing relationship now. But so after that, once like COVID started getting a little better and I started coming back to the city, I started going on dates as much as I could with still being conscious like COVID conscious. Yeah. But I I never really had a roster. I mean, there were definitely times in my twenties where my friends and I had like shared Excel spreadsheets of the different guys we were going on dates with. And it's funny to look back at those. But it's hilarious. I really wanted to find someone. Like I was never like, oh, I'm gonna date as many people as I can. I was always like dating to find somebody. And I don't know. Like some things would, it'd be like one date and that would be it. Or it would make it to a few dates and then it would fizzle out. When I met Jake, I was, I think, two dates in with another guy Mm -hmm. who I was obsessed with. Really? Obsessed.
1: Did he like you? The other guy.
0: Other guy? Well, (laughs) I remember my co-host Jonah at the time was like, seeing me obsess and like panic and stare at my phone waiting for this guy to text me and freaking out of like, when are we going to see each other again? Like he hasn't asked about the next day, but like, we're still talking. And he was like, oh, like, you are so like going crazy over this guy. But like, like, why do you like him? Like, tell me. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like you just, what, do. I just do. Yeah. And he's like, well, like, do you? And I'm like, what do you mean? Do I like him? He's like, well, do you like him or do you just like want him to like you? And I was like, well, why does it matter if I like him if he doesn't like me? And he was like, Well, you can't even tell me that you like this guy.
1: Yeah. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. That's like such a big realization that I had. Like, I actually talked about this, I think, in my YouTube video that's going to go out in a few days or weeks, but it's about how, like, so many times we go into dates, especially women, where we're like, oh, my God, like, I just really want them to like me. I want them to like me. I want them to like me. I have to look perfect. I have to do this. I have to do that. I can't be too eager. I can't be that. And it's all about do they like me? Mm-hmm. And if they don't like us, we're so upset. Whereas I don't think maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think guys do that as frequently as women. Guys will go into a date and they are just saying like, "Uh, eh, I don't like this about her or, oh, this is nice. Like. It's all about if they like the person. They're not worried about the girl liking them if they don't like the girl. And that's the way it should be. Like, honestly, like, we need to start acting like that because who cares if they like us? And who cares if they don't like us if we don't like them, you know? And who cares if they like us if we're not being ourselves? Exactly. Yeah, because it's like, Sometimes I feel like our ego gets in the way, where we're just like we just want you to think that we're hot, to think that we're cool, to think that we're you know like the cool girl monologue mm-hmm. from Gone Girl. It's like that, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm like so chill, and I'm like one of the guys, but yet I dress up and I you know wear the no makeup makeup look, and my hair always looks perfect, just rolling out of bed, and then I can eat hot dogs and hamburgers and beer, and you know it's like that is the way that I think so many women go into dating, and like we've all fallen victim to that, yeah. where it's like. Like, that's why, like, whenever I am, like, now, like, going on dates or something, I'm, like, I'm just going to be 100% myself. I'm going to talk about what I do for work. I'm going to talk about, you know, my life and me being a creator and not being, like, ashamed about that. And if they don't like me, then, like, why the heck would I even, like, entertain them? Like, that's just, like – like, if they don't like that part, like, my true self, then, like – I'm not going to pretend to be someone I'm not. And it's like a hard pill to swallow and hard to put into practice. I think
0: it's so hard, but it's so important because why would you want to be with somebody who doesn't embrace and accept you for all of the things you are? And that's one thing I realized, like when I met Jake, he was so excited about mm-hmm. everything I did. He was a big and still is a big Jared Fried fan. Mm-hmm. So having listened to Jared for so many years, he thought it was awesome what I was doing and mm-hmm. like really cool that I was setting out to like do this thing. And he was so supportive. He started listening to every episode and I was like, wow, like That's I would have so thought sweet. I had to like beg a guy to listen to an episode. And I think it helped that I was on our first date. I was able to tell him that I was like having Jared on like two weeks later. Yeah, yeah. So he like, thought I was the coolest person in the world. But yeah, someone recently said to me, cause we definitely heard the phrase like stop asking, do they like me and start asking, do I like them? Someone brought this to me. And I thought it was really profound. Stop asking, how do I feel about them? And start asking, how do they make me feel?
1: Yeah, honestly, like, do I enjoy spending time with them? Am I happy after a date? Or am I anxious? Like, I think I know you talk about this a lot in your podcast, but it's like, if you are very anxious, and you're, you know, freaking out, and oh, my God, they're not texting me or things are complicated. And it's really early on. It's probably not meant to be because it should be easy. Like I remember, so like when me and my boyfriend were dating, that was a very healthy relationship. Like there was, I have no bad things to say. It just like didn't work out. But I just remember it was so easy in the beginning. Like I never had to like guess if he was interested. I didn't have to like wait for a text. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know? And so now that I'm dating like four years later and like, Single for the first time, and I'm going on dates with these guys, and I'm starting to like be like, Oh, they didn't text me back, or they, and I'm like, It's not meant to be then. Like, I'm not gonna force it. And like, I'm not someone that's like, Okay, well, maybe I I should, I should text them just to like see, or I should, because I think in the beginning, the guy should like make the date and like make the plan. So I'm like, traditionalist in that sense. And I'm like, I don't wanna be with someone that's not excited about me in the beginning, because. I know the way that guys are, and if a guy likes you, he will make it obvious. Like, guys are not sneaky. Like, they're very obvious about, I mean, they're sneaky in other ways, but, like, sneaky <laughs> in the sense of, like, oh, I'm going to try to play it cool and act like I don't like her, but really I'm into her. Yeah, they're not thinking about it the same way we are. They're no. like, oh,
0: if I like her, I'll try and see her again. Yeah that's it exactly they're very simple
1: yeah and so if a guy is not making plans with you if he's not interested or if he's not like texting you if he is you know very wishy-washy and everything's like oh we should do something yeah and then never makes a plan Mm -hmm. he doesn't like you yeah and that's okay and that's totally fine we have to learn to let go and
0: just be like okay like not for me that's fine I'm not for them like you're not going to be for everybody and not everybody's going to be for you and yeah I think the biggest problem is we are so quick to like future trip mm-hmm. and to say, oh, well, on our first date, we talked about doing this thing. So like now I know that they want to do this thing with me. And like well, like if they're not texting me, like it's OK because they said they want to do this thing or well, I've already tried on their last name with my first name for size <laughs> and it sounded great. Or we just start getting excited about the potential of somebody. So when we're not hearing from them, we're still thinking about what it could possibly be. Even if we're just thinking about that from what we've completely made up in our head and it's not representative of what's actually happening. Yeah, and yeah. And that's all of this is exactly what happened with that guy I was obsessed with where I was thinking about how I felt about him. I was obsessed with him. How did he make me feel? So freaking anxious mm-hmm. and uneasy and not confident. Mm-hmm. And then when I met Jake and I was never good at like, dating multiple people at the same time like once I, I do that like once I made it to like a second or a third date with somebody like I was all in on them but it just so happened with the timing that like I was two dates in with him and then I met Jake and it was actually incredible for me to be able to compare the differences and it happened pretty organically where I just felt so comfortable and confident with Jake and he was communicative and after our first date he told me he wanted to see me again and made a plan mm-hmm. and after our second date i was going away for 2 weeks and he said like
1: i know you're gone i'd love to talk while you're away and see you when you're back i love the communication cuz it is not hard to communicate and if someone is making you feel anxious or nervous or like oh embarrassed if you over if you communicate with them like they're not for you because Communication is like one of the most important things you can have in a relationship. And they should show those traits early on, or else it's probably not going to be a great relationship later down the line.
0: 100%. And like, I'll be the first to admit, I've been in terrible relationships in the past with horrible communication, and I've accepted way less than I deserve. And with Jake, I think we just built such a strong foundation from the beginning where we are so aligned on so many things. And when we're not, like, we've never, yelled at each other. We've never gotten into, like, a big blow-up fight Mm -hmm. because we just talk about things. Yeah. And, like, yeah, sometimes, like, he'll be annoyed with me or I'll be annoyed with him, and we'll just be like, "Mm," like, "Mm." we'll express that.
1: Yeah, you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really because of how we started. Mm -hmm. So when you met Jake, was it only that one other guy that you had gone on a date with, or did you ever, like, go on dates with other people?
0: No, it was uh, it was really a tough time. Like, I met Jake before... Like our parents were just eligible for the vaccine. So that's why there was a month gap between when we matched on Hinge and when we were able to go out with each other because I was also back and forth going back to my parents' house and seeing my roommates. And so we decided like we weren't going to see other people other than each other unless like we were testing. And so this other guy I'd already seen and we were like testing before going on dates, whatever. But I wasn't, I'm sure I was like talking to other people, like texting, but. I also was about to go away for two weeks to visit my family in Florida. And it was actually really sweet. One week into my trip, I ended up getting a phone call on Friday night from some like nursing facility. And they said, we got an unexpected batch of vaccines. You're on our wait list. Can you be here tomorrow morning?
1: For in Florida or New York?
0: Oh, in New York. And I said, yes, I can. <laughs> Otherwise I was going to get it for months. Yeah. And so I ended up texting Jake like, oh, like I'm coming back for like 36 hours. And he was like, oh, like, I'd love, I love to see, see you. Him. And yeah. he had, he worked on the weekends and he got someone to cover his shift on Sunday so he could take me out.
1: Oh, see that's what i'm saying if someone likes you and if you are meant to be with that person you will do what you can and it's both ways like you yeah. were there for 36 hours and you wanted to see him too yeah like it wasn't like you were like oh uh, i really like you but like nah let's wait another two weeks
0: mm-hmm. you
1: wouldn't do that if you liked the person yeah and
0: i remember being a little like oh this feels like a lot like is this too much right but i was like you know what it's really sweet like why am I going to jump to conclusions? Like, why don't I just go have a good time?
1: Right, right. No, I think that's so sweet. And so now you guys are engaged. We're engaged. Uh, How long did you date before you got engaged? We were together for like two years. Okay. Do you hear of a lot of like like, I you mean, know that you now you talk about like dating, obviously on your podcast and stuff. Do you feel like because you've been in a relationship now and you're engaged and you're married, like, do people ever question like, you don't know what it's like right now? Or like, what do you get back from that? I do. And I've gotten comments recently of
0: like, well, easy for you to say when you're like, engaged. And I try really hard on my podcast. And whenever I'm a guest on a podcast to recognize that there are new listeners or there are people who are learning me for the first time and they don't know my whole backstory. And so I never want anybody to look at me and just be like, oh, like she just snapped her fingers and I got everything she wanted. Yeah. And because that's not what happened. Like I was put through the wringer. I experienced heartbreak and pain From breakups, more than I knew was possible. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally thought I was going to die. Oh, like after my breakups.
1: Same. Like, I was like, I would rather get shot than feel the way I feel. Yes. Like, it is the worst unimaginable pain. I was like, no one should experience this. Like, please,
0: a car, please hit me so I can, like, be in a coma. Yeah. It's the worst feeling in the world. It's horrible. And so I went through all of that. I went through, the unhealthiest relationships that completely like put me into a deep depression. And so I want people to understand that about me. And so I do try and like reference my past a lot in episodes. I've also gotten feedback saying, like, oh, like she always talks about her past. Like, but I you can't win. win. <laughs> and that's okay. But I do get that a lot. And I do respond and be like, listen, I totally get that. But try, like, I promise, like, I went through so much. I'd love to tell you more about it. And like, I try and be open minded because I know. When I was single and in my feels and struggling, like, I would get upset when I looked at people who just, like, looked like they had it all.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, but definitely, like, I think you have also amazing guests that talk about dating and that you can relate based on your own experiences. It's not like you've been married for, like, 20 years either, you know? (laughs) Like, so... I know. But I I was wondering if you did get like pushback from that. So I know that you have like a ton of guests on your podcast. You always talk about like what dating is like today and everything like that. What are some of like the biggest like dating red flags that you see, whether it's like online dating, in-person dating, or what are some also like after that, what are some things that you see that you're like, okay, this is like a good way to date or this is like a good way to respond or act when you're in the early stages? Like what are your takes on that?
0: Okay. So let's start with profiles. So rewind. (laughs) Let me really start by saying like red flags. I feel like there's this social media obsession with them. And we've gotten so quick to be like red flag, like writing them off. I want people to recognize like a red flag is a red flag. It's not a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. That's why it's a red flag. And just because someone has a red flag, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. That doesn't mean that they can't potentially be a great partner for you. Like, everybody is covered in red flags. We're all covered in red flags. And a red flag is just like a flag going up and saying to yourself, okay, I noticed this thing or they said this thing. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I have questions. Let me explore that Mm -hmm. and see how I feel once I learn more. So keep that in mind. That said, there are behaviors and actions and just certain things that maybe I wouldn't recommend continuing to explore dating app profiles. If you're looking for something serious, don't waste your time on people who have not filled out their entire profile or who have one word answers because they are not dating in an intentional way. They are not, if they're not taking the time to actually fill out their profile, why are they going to take the time to put in effort with you?
1: Yeah, that's actually so true. I never really thought about it that way because you can tell like when they have like nothing on there, they're just like hot and it's like, Okay, like, I don't know anything about yeah. you. And you know that people don't know anything about you. You're just mm-hmm. relying solely on looks like it's just like a hookup. Yeah, exactly. For them, probably. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think it's a it's so hard because I really am like there's no one list of red flags because everyone like your red flags are going to be different than my red flags because right. we have different pasts and we have different dating experiences.
1: What are some of your personal red flags or what were your
0: red flags? So my red flags list
1: was also my
0: red flags I ignored list.
1: Okay. In in the past. (laughs) In the past. Mm -hmm.
0: The first and most important one being they said they weren't looking for
1: something serious. Okay. Yeah. You always think you can change them though. Like every single time challenge accepted. mm -hmm, It's like, okay, well, I'm going to be so great that you're going to fall in love with me. Like, you know what I think tainted us is a walk to remember when she looks at him and she's like, promise me one thing you won't fall in love with me yep and it's like oh and then he fell in love with her you know and he's like I'm not looking for anything I'm a bad boy it's like blah, 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 every blah. single rom-com yes and then they change and yeah yeah and it wasn't like necessarily the
0: first date they were telling me this on maybe mm-hmm. like the third the fourth the fifth the sixth and I'd be like oh well that makes sense like they don't know me well enough to want me to be their girlfriend like why would they be ready to commit to me yet mm-hmm. like and every single time it was followed by but I love hanging out with you yep. And
1: I'm down to keep hanging out if you are literally has happened to me before where I will straight up ask because I'm a very confrontational person. So I am someone that I'm like, OK, so like, what's up? Like, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? You know, and or I'll just like ask, like, OK, As like, how should. are you? How are you feeling about yeah. this? You know, because I get too much anxiety overthinking things. Yeah. And so whenever I feel that way, I'm just like, I'm just going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to say like, hey, like what's up? Because the worst case scenario is that they're like, I don't like you. And then great. I have my answer. Exactly. And I'm done. The worst case is not asking, being confused for months and not knowing. And then finding out months later that they don't like you when you could have found that out earlier. So, yep. Always, always ask.
0: And people are so afraid, too. But it feels terrible where you're at right now, sitting Mm -hmm. there wondering and assuming and making things up and second guessing every single thing when they already know how they're feeling. And you know how you're feeling. So why don't you just talk about it? Yeah. And the sooner you get your answer, even if it's a
1: no, then the sooner you can move on. Exactly. And that's why, like, we shouldn't be afraid of, again, like we were even talking about earlier, people not liking us because I sometimes think about, like, the guys that I've gone on dates with that I didn't really like. Like, and there was nothing wrong with them. Like, it wasn't like, oh, they were rude, they were mean, they were this. It was just like there wasn't a connection there Mm -hmm. for me. And, I think they're great people. Like, would recommend to a friend. Like, you seem like a great guy, whatever. There's just something that I'm like not for you. It's just not for me. Yeah. And like it's nothing against them. And so I'm like, people are allowed to feel that way about me. Like, mm-hmm. not everyone in the world is gonna like me. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I used to think it was a red flag if they had never had their heart broken before. And that was something that for me, it was like I had gone through such intense heartbreak mm-hmm. that I was like, there's no world in which somebody would be able to relate to me and understand me if they hadn't mm-hmm. been through that, and I later learned that heartbreak and struggle like can present itself in so many ways, and Jake had never you know had his heart shattered by a girl he had dated before, but he had some really deep personal loss, mm-hmm. and I learned that you know heartbreak comes in so many different forms, yeah, and I was kind of looking at it in the wrong way
1: yeah that's a good realization to have Mm -hmm. because like i yeah i feel like i'm not someone that's never even been something that i've like thought about about like oh they have to have their heart broken i honestly i don't know if i prefer like obviously i'm at the age where like most people have had like a relationship at this point a like semi-serious relationship at this point most people Mm -hmm. and i have too but i don't mind being like someone's first girlfriend like i actually like i'm like then you don't have to deal with like exes exactly. or like comparing yourself. <laughs> yep. Like I'm totally fine with being someone's first 100%. girlfriend. And just because
0: somebody hasn't been in a romantic relationship before doesn't mean they don't have relationship experience. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. That.
0: Yeah. I think what I really learned though, like the biggest thing in terms of red flags is like, it's not necessarily traits about them, but it's how they're making you feel. And so going back to what we said before, like, if somebody is making you feel more anxious than you were before you met them and started going on dates with them, that is the biggest red flag. Like, mm-hmm. don't ignore that. Pay attention to that because when you're meeting somebody who you're considering as a potential partner, it should like we said, like it should be easy. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be suddenly this like self-conscious shell of yourself. You should be feeling comfortable and confident. And if you're not, then that is like a giant waving flag saying this isn't it. Mm -hmm. pay attention to it.
1: How do you feel about like playing the game or like the chase? No. (laughs) I I wholeheartedly believe that
0: following dating rules, playing games are the best way to manipulate somebody into wanting to be with you, but you're manipulating them into wanting to be with a version of you that isn't actually you. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when they're finally with you and now you can't keep up this act anymore of being the chill girl being the cool girl who's laid back and doesn't care about anything suddenly you're going to be a completely different person
1: yeah and they're gonna be like wait what I totally agree and like if the only reason why they like you is because they had to chase you when they have you what's next you know and then like that's why a lot of toxic relationships are constantly in this like up and down because Mm. of that reason exactly so no I agree I'm someone who I've had a lot of friends that are like well you have to play the game a little bit you have to do and I'm just like that is not me and if I look I am not someone I can flirt I can have like you know banter once I know you if it's on a dating app though I have like zero game because like I'm like I don't know you I don't care about your day I don't care about what like I'm like I don't know what to say to you when I haven't met you in person yet but for me I'm like no part of me wants to be like oh He texted me in 30 minutes. I'm going to wait an hour to look cool. It's like, or like, oh, I'm just going to appear uninterested. Like, I'm not going to respond to this text, even though I want to talk to them. Like, I'm like, if that makes me look desperate, okay. Like, I know I'm not acting desperate. I know I'm not like, I'm just being friendly and I'm being myself. And if someone like takes that as like, oh, that's boring. Why would I want to be in that? There'd be no point. I want someone who wants to talk to me. I think the biggest like dating rule or not rule but like method is think of your ideal person what are they going to like about you they're going to like your honesty they're going to like your communication they're going to be supportive of your career they're going to mm-hmm. have all of these things that they are excited about about you they're going to be excited to talk to you and hang out with you so why would you when you're dating try to like be hide totally different things. and yeah. hide those things yeah so i i just kind of like picture that and i'm like if that is who i want to be with someone who is like very excited about me yeah
0: i like to say like talk to people you're dating the way you talk to your friends yeah you're not rewriting your text 27 times and asking the whole group chat what should i send to natalie mm-hmm. you're just sending to natalie like what your thoughts are or whatever you have to say and you know people always say like oh like when should i text them text them when you have something to say yeah yeah it's not that hard it doesn't have to be that hard yeah and all of these rules all of these games all of these do this don't do that and these sayings like
1: you just got to do what feels right for you. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And then what are, I guess, the green flags besides, I guess, like making you feel good and like all of that. Do you have any other green flags or is that just the biggest one? I think the way
0: somebody treats the people around them, like the way they treat wait staff, if you're at a restaurant, if they, you know, want to make sure you get home safe, Mm -hmm. whether it's like them dropping you off or them saying, hey, Text me when you get home or following up to make sure you got home. I think those things are really considerate and just thoughtful. And like that's the type of person that for me, like I want to be with. Mm -hmm. Someone who like treats others with respect and cares. Yeah. I think, you know, again, like the communication, like letting you know exactly where they're at. That's someone who's intentional and who doesn't want to waste your time or their time and who isn't afraid to say, Hey, I wanna see you again. Yeah. And beyond that, I think just pay like it's not that hard just Think about, do you want to see this person again? And if you do, go for it. And if you don't,
1: don't. Yeah, we overcomplicate things a lot. And I hate, I'm on the side of TikTok where it's like, if a guy doesn't take you out to a nice dinner and pay a bunch of money, and oh, he's asking you for coffee. No, 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 coffee's not a date. I... It makes me so angry. I'm like, do you want a sugar daddy or do you want a boyfriend? There are
0: a lot of sugar daddies in my DMs trying to. I can recommend them. I can send them all your (laughs) way if you want that.
1: I know. It makes me so disheartened because I'm like, what is important when it comes to like, what are you looking for? Are you looking for someone to buy you things or are you looking for a relationship? Because you can get to know someone really well over a nice coffee at lunch or around lunchtime rather than like a really loud expensive bougie restaurant where okay but at least you can say that you went to this like $200 restaurant and got the food there like what are you looking for
0: i also i don't understand that side of things because for me i would feel guilty i would hate it i would feel so uncomfortable and horrible and, like, God forbid, I don't want to see them again. I know. and I'm I like, just wasted oh. their time and money. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I would not be okay with that.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. I, like, and I would feel like I owe them something. And I feel like that's why maybe some – I'm not saying all guys, but I'm saying some guys have a mentality – Where if they buy women things, they have a sense of ownership. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that they own you by any means, but I'm saying they are doing that because they know that you will then owe them something or they want something from you rather than it genuinely being like, oh, I just really want to like treat you because if they're doing that with every girl that they take on a first date. What is the intention? Like, the intention is not because they think you're special because they don't know you yet. Exactly. It is for another reason. I can, like, that's another podcast. (laughs) Endless, endless things. Yeah. You're
0: coming back on seeing other people, ASAP. (laughs) Okay. Perfect.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. I don't know. It's, like, I just want to get to know someone and, like... I don't know, see if we connect and see if we're... Yeah, it should be easy. It yeah. should just be easy. You can
0: go to the fancy dinners later.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Alana, for coming on my podcast. I love talking about dating. I love... Especially being... Okay, I keep saying newly single. I am not newly single. It's been a year <laughs> and a half. That is so embarrassing. It's not newly single. But first time in like a decade, so... I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's new. Sure. <laughs> but people are probably like, um, you're pathetic. You know? Get <laughs> But thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This was so much fun. I know we had some like delays and everything. You guys
0: missed it. I don't. I don't think it's, that part's airing. But no. um,
1: I fully had like a a
0: hot flash and like I thought I was like sweating. I'd like take my sweater off and stick my head out the window and eat totally Natalie's fine. popcorn and like. I was a disaster and, and she was great. So totally fine. No. See, this would have been a great date because I felt really comfortable being exactly. myself. And I didn't have to play it cool.
1: <laughs> exactly. Honestly, I have stories about that, like getting very comfortable very early on yeah. and like them seeing all sides of you. Yep. Yeah. Good test. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you so much for coming on. And where can they find you? Where can they find your multiple podcasts? We didn't even get to talk about the second one. I so know. life in progress. But we'll have you on for a part three because
0: technically (laughs) i guess this is part two technically (laughs) i i need to go back and listen to part one thank you so much you can listen to seeing other people and life in progress wherever you listen to podcasts you can also check out my co-host for life in progress carly silverman wherever you want to find her you can find me at alana dunn wherever you want to find me and yeah if you want to find me i'm pretty easy to be found
1: same (laughs) okay perfect thanks for coming on thank you Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday.